Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hey guys, need to call a quick time out here. Wanted to tell your listeners what I've been telling my listeners over at OU didn't know for a while now about all the cool things happening over at adsfreeshows.com. A brand new series has arrived on Adfree Shows. Top of the card unpacks everything you need to know in the wrestling trading card space. And we're starting with the granddaddy of them all, the 1982 Wrestling All-Stars Series A set. Now, this set was not exclusive to any one territory at the time, as we were still right at the tail end of the territory era of professional wrestling. So it was a basically a who's who in professional wrestling, with card number one being Andre the Giant. Others included in the set include Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, Ted DiBiase, and others. 20 years ago, Eric took on Stone Cold in the main event on Raw, but the real main event was the confrontation that happened backstage before the show. Now, the next week, I'm sitting in this chair, and that same guy, I don't think I had said a word to him that day. I don't think I had seen Rick up until the point he came through that door, and he's, you know, getting me, he's just telling me to get up, get out of the chair, and he's so pissed off, he's bleeding. I'm on the phone, and he's got blood <laughs> running down his chin because he bit his lip. He was so mad, he bit the inside of his mouth. He's got blood on a backstage confrontation. I hadn't even gotten out of the chair yet. (laughs) Ad-Free Show's members got to sit shotgun alongside Kevin Nash and click this co-host, Sean Oliver, as they watch back some of the worst matches in history. None more so than the Yeti. Randy now. The the mummy is not Frankenstein. You don't walk with your arms straight out. With the arms out, right? And, and, you know, a Yeti is also not a mummy, but... I don't know. Was this Jim Hurd? Who was here? Well, well, whose brainchild was this? Who gives a fuck? That's just a small taste of what we got waiting for you. With four levels to choose from, see for yourself why Ads Free Shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at adsfreeshows.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to my world. And of course we couldn't do it without the hall of famer, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest professional wrestler of all time, double J Jeff Jarrett. Jeff, how are you, man? Happy my world recording day, Connie. How we doing, man? My world madness is unbelievable we'll dive into that in a minute but i'm kind of fired up today's topic is one of my sentimental favorites if you will for a lot of reasons uh but uh I'm fired up all caffeined up conrad had a crazy travel day from hell yesterday um flew from nashville to atlanta to have not one but two good meals in the atlanta airport and then flew twice in the atlanta airport buddy i had two well if you do you count going into the sky club of meals. So maybe two and no, a half three meals. No, I don't that's, count that. That was just kind of picking. 
It was just yeah, to keep nuts and an apple or whatever. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. I had uh chicken and, and rice and you had that in the sky club. Yes. Well, that counts. You had three meals in one airport visit. That's Jeff Jarrett, ladies and gentlemen. About four and a half. Well, what else is there today? I don't drink anymore. And boy, there was a lot of alcohol flowing in that airport. Did you, you got the, no, you're, you're North Birmingham and Montgomery got killed with storms too, but man, it moved into Atlanta. It shut the airport down ground stoppage and everything. So. Oh, I mean, I, I'm going to have to repair a gate down by the pool. Uh, it was clanging like nobody's business the other night, but well, I mean, we're fine. You know, where I'm at, as you know, if any naders coming, it's going below me. It ain't coming where I'm at. I'm fine. Yeah. Well, I uh, was supposed to go up to PAX East just to kind of fill in the my world listeners. I was supposed wait, to. Hang on. Before we talk about PAX East, I got to talk about these three meals in the airport. <laughs> because you eat more than anybody I know. And I, I'm proud to say that as a fat guy who has a lot of fat friends, you're putting away groceries at a level that restaurants would be envious. So I'm asking something that I've never asked here. And I'm embarrassed that I'm asking on the air, but how many slams are you taking today? If you're eating 32 meals, you gotta be taking slams just left and right. You just walk around with wet wipes in your bag or your back pocket, or what are we doing? Oh, I'd say. Two, three, good. four, two, 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 two plus. Well, listen, I know you take one in the morning and one in the evening. You're a well-adjusted man, but with all this, you're cramming in, in between I say two in the morning, pal, two in the morning, well, the AM, right? Yeah. Okay. One really, really early. And then one mid morning, we'll call it mid morning. And then you do one after lunch and one that evening early. We'll call it early evening is what I'd say. So, That's uh, how many showers a day? <laughs> Two showers, four slams. My, my, listen, I, I've been to your house, but I've never been to your master bathroom. I got to come see it. It's got to be something prolific in there. To be two showers, four slams. You spend more time in the bathroom than any human oh, being I know. Quick, super quick. <laughs> uh, there, 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 there's, um, Hot tags there, in and out. There is no need to throw read material in, in there. Like some folks have, you know, I always puzzled with that folks that go and here's a I book. And, <laughs> I don't either. I'm in there to I get know. it over with. Uh, uh, Cassio was at the office the other day and I, we were going to oh, go. Somewhere. I, said, oh, I got to go to the bathroom before we go. So he got, and, and he saw me stand up, open the cabinet behind my, my, my desk, grab my wet wipes. He goes, Oh, one of those. And I go, yep. So I come right back and he goes, you're done already. I said, I want to get you done. I'm Chuck Woolery with it. Two and two. Let's go. I'm out of here. Exactly. Oh, God. I didn't know we'd crank it up. <laughs> well, listen, you're talking about eating three meals in the airport. And listen, as a big guy, I'm just saying, I, I, there, I can't do a number two on an airplane. Like that's not going to happen. What, number one is tough enough. I mean, I'm having to pee like this, like when I, <laughs> I'm going, uh, I don't fly as often as I used to pre pandemic. I was on at least four flights a week, but I got to fly to uh, LA this weekend as the rest of the wrestling world does. And I'm going to be on that airplane after I've maybe had a few cocktails in Dallas on my layover like this in that airport bathroom, trying to get it done. So I just asked myself, self, self. how was Jeff going to get on a plane after he's just shoved 19 pounds of food down his mouth? That feels like that's going to be a situation. Got to have good gut health, pal. You just oh, keep... don't don't spoil my lead-ins for other stuff later in the show. Okay, 
Okay. Uh, let's talk about PAX East. Give me a that's, call back. I'm sure you'll do a call. I will. You know it. Thank you for the pro tip there. Oh, uh, my goodness. You mentioned PAX East. Tell me about that. PAX East, it's, uh, it's a gaming convention. Uh, it's in Boston, uh, like it was, I guess, every year. But uh, I think they said over 150,000 tickets sold. Oh, Three days. It's big, big boy numbers, three day convention. And uh, we're almost here, Godfather, Podfather. Uh, yes, live and in living color, the Podfather is in WrestleQuest among a bunch of other nostalgia uh, of professional wrestling. But no, it's pretty cool. Uh, it's coming out in May. We are getting down, but I was going to go up there and Skybound Games, um, the booth, I don't even want to call it a booth because it stole the show, Connie. They set up a wrestling ring. They had three days of matches. Uh, it was really, really cool. I was so aggravated. Conrad, yesterday morning, 3 a.m. wake up, did my uh, stretching and yoga routine, hopped in the car, drove out to the airport, uh, got me a uh, Sky Club uh, quick little breakfast with oatmeal, and no, jumped on the plane 6 a.m., Conrad, got to Atlanta. Well, we were ground stoppage for, we were two and a half hours delayed getting out of Nashville, got down to um, Atlanta. Uh, it was still a complete mess. I missed the connection because they opened up the airport as I was in route. So my flight from Atlanta to Boston took off. So when I landed, then it's everything backed up and I w couldn't get on the next flight. Then I have to get on the next flight. So my plans were to go up and back uh, to Boston in one day, but I was going to be a part of PAX East and Russell Quest and Skybound Games and Shout out to Arson, uh, Mega Cat, the lead cat, James Deegan. So um, it was it was personally very disappointing that I didn't get to go. But uh, we're almost there, Conrad. Me and you've talked about this for a long time, not just on this podcast, but behind the scenes. But WrestleQuest, the Japanese role-playing game, is almost it's almost here. And the numbers are staggering. And I'm, I'm super excited about all the feedback and the launch of the game. And... Oh man, we've got a lot of cool things coming, but we're almost there, but I hate that I missed that convention. Uh, but, um, I did get me, uh, some good meal. I got, I stayed on my protein, uh, got ran at the, at the Atlanta airport and turned around and came back home. And that was my Sunday. And now I'm pretty fired up cause I was, I'm well rested. Got a big week in front of me. Um, lots of offers Conrad out there. Uh, you know, the river dance, uh, Dance troupe uh, have reached out to me multiple times. I know some of your folks down in Huntsville, uh, down at the what the boot, want me yes. to teach them uh, boot scoot and boogie glasses. So yes, yes. The Orange Cassidy, you know, uh, a two step is uh, I just it's over like over. I mean, that's it, what it is. I mean, what do you say? It's it's like they used to be boot scoot and boogie and they're, they're all those. I remember the line dance craze and you had all those silly yes. names for it. River dance. Yeah. And the country music line dance. Yeah. 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 I, I, but I guess the orange, uh, Cassidy, Tennessee two-step is, uh, I mean, it had, it's the craze that who would have thought would be a craze. Hey, I don't I know. Can't wait I, to see I, I think you can get Cassio to do it. Oh, a hundred percent. Uh, <laughs> he recently got beaten a foot race by his own wife. Uh, now he was winning, but she pushed his ass down. And he Ooh. broke a rib and skinned him up. So I'm encouraging him to uh, file charges and get his spousal support. You know? No, I'm just kidding. Hey, um, 
I got to tell you about a foot race one time that took place, but uh, it's a wrestling. Story. Well, here's Go the thing: ahead. there was a crooked referee, I believe, is the story, and it makes me wonder. I said to myself, "Self, was Aubrey Edwards involved?" Because let's just go ahead and call it like it is. AEW have the worst referees in the history of wrestling. And that's not even up for debate. Everyone agrees. How many times have they screwed you personally out of championship gold, Jeff? Four. I've lost count. Wow. Yep. I it's at least four times. Q ball Bryce, whatever you want to call him, he's now just fallen right in line like uh like Aubrey, I think the only one with integrity is Stone Cold uh, Knox. Wouldn't you say Stone Cold Rick Knox? Yeah. Now here's the thing too. Like, I just don't understand why they play favorites. Like they screw you out of championship gold. They hold the ladder for powerhouse Hobbs. What, what, like what else do you have to do for this company? I mean, true or false. You helped them get into Canada. True or false. You helped line up the, the Canadian stampede, the Calgary stampede. True or false. Martha Hart's involved. True or false, house shows are a thing again. True or false, tickets are on sale now to AEWTIX and selling like hotcakes. True or false, you just brought house shows to them and it was a damn near sellout. Even Meltzer said it was less than 100 shy of a sellout. WWE's been known for rounding errors. They'd have rounded that up and called it a sellout. Nay, nay. Now, Powerhouse Hobbs, he didn't do none of that. You did, Double J. They're helping him climb ladders. They won't even just support you and you're biz- doing what's right for business. I mean, listen, if you're going to go be a brand ambassador internationally, like we're going to be talking about today for rank King, could they not at least just make sure that you were sporting the gold that you rightfully earned? Mm. Conrad, you are always, and uh, apologies on the audio last week. So I want to make sure uh, audio is good. And I speak directly into the mic, but hype, you know how sometimes Doing a hypothetical situation is very productive. Yes. Hypothetically speaking. Yes. If I was challenging in a rematch, Orange Cassidy for that international title, and they added a stipulation to try to throw a curveball at me, and they called it a ladder match. And if I were to do the orange Cassidy two-step strut and shimmy that ladder as OC was down on his back in disgust. And I got right to the top and I was about to pull that international belt down. What do you believe? This is just hypothetically speaking. What do you believe Aubrey Edwards would do? I don't think half a dozen referees would have gathered around and held it up. I don't think Aubrey would have said, Hey guys, Let's help Double J, the greatest wrestler of all time, take down his rightful place atop the AEW ladder, literally and figuratively, as champion. Pay no mind to the fact that he is creating new opportunities for me personally, Aubrey Edwards, to travel abroad and count one, two, three in Canada as a part of one of the biggest events in Canadian history each year, the Calgary Stampede. No, no, Powerhouse Hobbs didn't help me do that. Jeff Jarrett did. I need to slide in there and support that ladder. Who's Orange Cassidy ever beat? You know what I'm saying? Mm. That's what I thought you'd say. Yeah. Is Orange Cassidy, let me just ask you this, Jeff. Is Orange Cassidy a former NWA world champion? Nope. Is he a former WCW world heavyweight champion? Nope. Is he a 32-time intercontinental champion? Nope. Mm. I rest my case. I got one more. 
How many meals do you think Orange Cassidy could eat in the Atlanta airport in inside of four hours? One and a half tops. I agree. You're twice the man as Orange Cassidy in every <laughs> regard. We have cranked up some nonsense right out of the gate, and I love it. My I'll tell you this: if you're if you're an AEW roster, you better start putting some respect on Double J's name because he's got a guitar with your name on it, and you don't want that. Boy, you ain't kidding. You don't want that. No, you sure don't. It seems like it's all fun and games. Ask Jake Roberts how it feels to get hit in the head with a guitar. He'll tell you. Hey, boy, you ain't kidding. Ain't no fun. <laughs> ain't no fun. Hey, as the kids say, f around and find out. All right. <laughs> All right, serious business. We appreciate all that you're doing for AEW, AEW TIX. Check it out. Look out, Calgary. They're coming your way. And uh, as I understand it, there's going to be some uh, some interaction from Owen's family. And yes. it's just so cool to see that that Martha Hart is is around wrestling again. And yes, and the wrestling's coming back to the Calgary Stampede. That Canadian Stampede that WWF ran that pay per view in July '97. One of the all time greatest shows. For just from a crowd reaction, it's going to be a hot crowd. Lots of fun stuff coming your way. Please go see Jeff in person and, and correct. Listen, there's a lot of people who were booing Jeff. And if you're listening to this show, you know, Jeff's not a heel. No, the heels are these, these people wearing the striped shirts. Hey, hey, those are the heels. Hey, all kidding aside, we're having a lot of fun. Sentimentally speaking, I, it, I'm still amazed, uh, just how it all kind of fell into place. And the Feldman agency, uh, which is a, a, a Canadian, uh, they, they represent all kinds of music acts and literally a touring agency. They're in the merchandise business, the sponsorship business, but coming together, we formed a, a, a relationship with them and uh, essentially their first order of business because they are in the house rules business, if you will, non-televised, uh, you know, forbidden door sold out uh, lots of Canadian shows coming up this summer, uh, but they spearheaded the, the stampede and for that to fall into place and, Mox went out and did the press conference. Renee went out and did the press conference. And for Martha Hart, man, just have having the opportunity um, to, to on some level being being able to work with Owen's family again is tr it's really I hate to get too sentimental here, but it's a, it's cool. It's it's like a it's a dream come true. Never ever in my wildest dreams did I think this opportunity. So pretty fired up about that. And uh, Connie. Uh, as we're recording this, or as this drops on Tuesday, tomorrow night on Dynamite, there's going to be two more events dropped in the House Rules Tour. So things are cranking up, pal. Can't wait. Check it out. And by the way, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention it's the biggest week every year in wrestling. It's WrestleMania week. Uh, don't forget, tomorrow night, AEW is going to be live from St. Louis. Our old pal Dave Green might be in the house. You might want to say what's up to him. Give him the old high five. He better. com. Of course, it's going to be a taped rampage on Friday because, well, Friday is the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. And we have talked a lot about international talent, and we're going to do that a lot today, Jeff. But this past week, we saw Vikingo versus Omega. And when that match was announced, I don't know, 10 days ago or so, it was met with a lot of know-it-alls on Twitter who armchair questioned every decision that's ever been made in wrestling. And they were like, I don't know. Why should I care? I don't know who this guy is. Well, I kind of argued on this program last week. You didn't know who anybody was until you saw him on TV. And you'll find out who Vikingo is when he wrestles Kenny Omega. Now you've seen the match, Jeff, uh, What'd you think? Did Vikingo introduce himself to the world or what? 
I, and I've had the the pleasure of, you know, I have, as we've documented, I've been going to Mexico for 20 years. God, I can't believe that. 20 plus years. Uh, super, super talent. It, Lucha Libre is a different style. Um, it, it really is in, in it all together. And, and to me, curious to see how your thought on this is, is that my, I, I really tipped the cat, uh, tip my hat to, uh, Kenny Omega. Yes. Kenny, I guess at times, uh, which is great. He evokes emotion. Um, but there is a Japanese style. There's an American style and yes, there's a Lucha Libre style. And I tip my cat to both guys, but my goodness, man, it, it is it, it, maybe that style isn't for everybody, but the, the clinic that they put on, I think Kato Conan called it art. Um, it, I thought it was a well put together. I, I, because it, here it's, it was a cold match. Kenny made a superstar. Let's just call it like it is. Okay. I, but I, I've tried, I'm trying to say you can call it however you want, but, but when they walk down to the ramp, there's no real story behind it a little bit in, 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 in uh, AAA. but in, in essence, it was a cold match. That's what impressed me the most. Go out and tell a story on a cold match and tear the house down. And that's what they did. That's simple. You, you can be fully invested, uh, based on the match, based on the story, based on the moves. There's a lot of things you can gravitate to. But if you're into things you've never seen before and first ever, and wait, can we do that? Is that possible? By Kingo was able to show what's possible. And that wouldn't have happened to your point without an excellent dance partner yes. who was willing to do what, it, what needed to be done. And, uh, I, I know that Kenny has his critics, but you can't deny that he went out there and did everything in his power to make sure the world was He's introduced so properly. Go back. I mean, folks, go back and watch it. Kenny sold his ass off for the first seven, eight, nine, ten, a lot of it. Um, and and I think Kill, Kenny, yes, in the trios, they've torn the house down. But Kenny's in his element. Weezy, as, as a, to me, he's a, he's a, he's a fantastic singles wrestler because he's telling a Kenny story uh, from bell to bell. When, when you're in tags and six mans, it's, it's just more players, more instruments, uh, that, that are being played. And so, yeah, you can create some harmony, but if you want to kind of, uh, step out in front and, uh, go singles, Kenny man is, uh, super, super good. Very good. Go out of your way to see it. If you didn't see it, uh, I highly recommend it. And I recommend you check out the ring of honor pay-per-view this weekend, but King, I was going to be in action again, taking on commander. Commander's doing some stuff you've never seen before. Together, these guys are going to make magic. Don't forget, uh, we've got Mark Briscoe taking on um, Samoa Joe for the TV title. We've got Claudio and Eddie Kingston for the Ring of Honor World Championship. And the Reach for the Sky match. Man, so much Lucha talent in that, including not least of all, maybe most of all, the Lucha Bros. Something for everybody on this Ring of Honor show this Friday. And, of course, then Saturday and Sunday, man, it's all about WrestleMania. Night one is a pretty loaded card, but what everybody wants to know is what's happening night two. You have been an in-ring performer. You've been a booker. You've been office. You've done everything there is to do in wrestling, Jeff. If you had the call, you're making the call. 
Sunday night when the fireworks finish and the final curtain drops, who's the champ, Cody or Roman? Oh, you could ask me that, pal. I am. What uh, would you book? What would you do? There is no doubt in my mind. And look, you can get all kind of metrics and get into however you want to slice it and dice it, but a big show, a big stage and look, you can say fundamentals and basics and building blocks and everything that you, 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 you kind of, um, it, it, I mean, you can put all of it in, in all your eggs in the, in, in one basket and you can slice and dice it. But Conrad, I can't remember. Boy, I'm because you, you're a historian here and you do all the multiple podcasts. So you could probably go back in time, <clears throat> but I don't remember a time and I'm sure maybe a Cena in the early days, but I don't remember a time off the top of my head that, that the industry had the opportunity because Cody and they've positioned it. it yes. It's lineage and, you know, winning a title that his father never won. That's emotional. Um, kind of, uh, Cody going away, maybe not having the most successful run. It uh, depends on what metric you want to use earlier. Went away, um, started from the ground up, all the independent scenes, all that kind of j- just bandwidth. Uh, obviously, the story at AEW, it goes without saying, that is a part of this story. And him going back and the opportunity, and now on the opposite side of the fence is a guy that hadn't been beat in three years. You don't really get those opportunities to come around. And I don't believe there's only one finish. Like, I'll say this. If Roman didn't do the honors, I truly believe it would hurt Roman. Worse worse than it would hurt Cody. Wow. I I do. I I mean, there is, there's not even, unless there's something behind the scenes, contractually speaking, that, but, you know, to everyone's knowledge, nothing's going on there. If, if, if Cody's contracts locked in, uh, um, which yeah, it is. So, so, so it's an, to me, it's a no brainer and it goes without saying uh, a guy with, with my mindset, it's well, it's no secret. Roman doesn't really work. He works, yeah. He does. Well, not just house shows. He, I think he really select shows. I mean, he's done, Raw and SmackDown both here as of late, but for a long time, he was one day a week. Um, I, I don't believe that's sustainable uh, in, in so many ways in this industry. I, I just don't. It's, it's um, you can use the analogy of a TV show, a movie, or a musical act. When you're a touring company, you better have your lead singer on almost every show. That's just the reality. And when you don't, the product is lesser than, my understanding. Cody's saying, line me up. Let's go to work. A la Cena, a la anybody in that top role. So it's a no brainer, Connie. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Well, there you see, it's a no-brainer. And by the way, it's a no-brainer over at Henson Shaving. I absolutely love this sponsor. I cannot wait to brag about it. Jeff and I love talking about it all the time. We have a lot of fun talking about it because I have to admit, I was a little intimidated when I first got a Henson razor because I had never really handled a dual-edge old-school razor. Jeff, however, pretty familiar, but for different reasons. Henson shaving though, boys and girls is not only better than what you've been doing. It's also cheaper. Let me explain. Henson shaving is a family owned aerospace parts manufacturer. And you might be saying to yourself, self, am I not looking at a picture of a fellow shaving? What are you talking about? Aerospace parts. Well, these folks at Henson, they've made parts for the international space station and the Mars Rover. And they're bringing that same precision engineering to your doggone face. By using these aerospace grade CNC machines, Henson is making metal razors that extend just 0.0013 inches, which is less than the thickness of a human hair. Now, what that means for you and why that matters is that razor blades are like diving boards. The longer the board, the more the wobble and the more the wobble, well, the more nicks, cuts and scrapes you'll get from a razor. You see a bad shave isn't ever really a blade problem. It's an extension problem. But when you have a razor this thin, that means a more secure and stable blade, giving you a vibration-free shave. It gets better though. This razor has built-in channels to evacuate hair and cream, which makes clogging virtually impossible. What I like best about Henson shaving is they wanted to make the best razor, not the best razor business. Now that means no plastic, no subscriptions, no proprietary blades, no planned obsolescence. You see the Henson razor works with a standard dual edge razor blade. Gives you that old school feel because the razor is so doggone thin. It's got the new school tech. Here's my favorite part though. Once you own a Henson razor, it's going to cost you just three to $5 a year to replace the blades. That's worth repeating. How much are you spending right now? When you run down to the drugstore, have to get somebody with a key to come unlock it and say, I want a pack of those. How much is that? It's so expensive, they lock it up. And that's going to last you what? A month? Two months? Three months? What if you could get your razors for the whole year for 3 to $5? It's time to say no to subscriptions and yes to a razor that will last you a lifetime. Visit HensonShaving.com slash MyWorld and pick up the razor for you. And use the code MYWORLD and you'll get two years worth of blades for free with your razor. Just make sure to add them to your cart. That's 100 free blades when you go to H-E-N-S-O-N-S-H-A-V-I-N-G.com slash MyWorld and use the code MyWorld, HensonShaving.com slash MyWorld. All right, Jeff Rowe, let's get back to it, man. Our topic today is Ring King, and we're doing Ring King Part 2, I guess. This is uh, going to pick up where we left off uh, back in uh, February. We talked Conrad, about... I apologize. Yeah. 
just the my world madness and i want to thank everybody for signing up oh we yes absolutely we've got to touch on that yeah we've you, you you i know the referees have you flustered too but i had a full day in the atlanta airport to kind of process everything and and get my strategy and i've got a strategy moving forward but back to my world madness conrad is it not been you're more of a football guy than a basketball guy, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I love football. It's, it's ready made for TV, but in my heart of hearts, when I watch basketball games, I don't care. Jaron had an all-star game Saturday, uh, state all-star game that I went and watched and I watched the game before I love to get into it and passing and cutting and defense and psychology and all, all, everything about it. But FAU Creighton, um, Kansas State, all these teams that are 7, 8, 9, 12, 14, all these different seeds, the tournament has been off the charts. And uh, you will be able to relate to this because Alabama, and I'll just say the SEC, has been such a dominant force that when the season starts, you can probably put on one hand, maybe two hands, the teams that are going to win it all in college football. I, I mean, it's just, wouldn't you say kind of at five, maybe, maybe 10 that, okay, that's the 10 best teams and everybody else are, they're not even really close that you, Alabama could play Murray state a hundred times out of a hundred times they're winning. And, and and I know it's a different game. This college basketball, my world madness, I already can't wait for next year. Dave Green, what a sponsor he's going to, or multiple sponsors. But I appreciate everybody signing up. It's been a lot of fun. Nobody uh, could have dreamed. Uh, so who is it? Texas, Connecticut, FAU. I can't believe this is real. The final four is head-to-head -head with night one at WrestleMania. It's Florida Atlantic versus San Diego State. San Diego San, State. San Diego State's who beat Alabama, by the way. Yeah. Which I called last week on the program. I'll have you know, you did. Uh, and they're, they're going to be taking on Miami and UConn. By the way, just go ahead and say it loud and clear voice. Are you putting? Because uh, we should go ahead and tell everybody. I'm not coming home until Monday night, so I will not be able to record with Jeff on Monday like we normally do. So normally, I would ask Jeff the morning of who you got tonight, and then you guys would find out how right we were or wrong we were the next morning. Oh wow! So we got to do predictions today. We're going to do it today. Oh, who do you got in a championship game and who do you got winning it all? And I'm going to say San Diego state versus UConn. UConn wins it all. Did you see the Kansas state coach who just got beat by FAU going yes. to FAU's locker room? Yes. There's something about, and look, I'm, I'm so glad that I'm not a gambler and bet because I would bet with my heart and bet with my emotion. There's something about FAU and I know San Diego State beat Bama. They beat a lot of teams, but I just think there's, and let me, have you seen FAU's current gym? How small it is. Dude, I, mean, I love, I love FAU as a Cinderella story. I'm just, that's the Homer in me, the Alabama in me saying I want San Diego State today. Yeah, I, I got you. Well, so you're kind of betting emotionally as well. Yeah. Anything you're can happen. Winning. Come on now. Oh, man. You're picking Florida Atlantic right now, aren't you? I, I for, for whatever reason, and I know it's the emotional heartstrings, but they've they've had a run. They've been down a lot in their games, and it's been all over the place. And it's not like UConn is a – 
Conrad, they're, they are a, aren't they, uh, Marcus Pola, they're a four or five seed, UConn. Uh, UConn, they're, they're four. They're, four. Okay, they're, they're a four. A four in that, they're the highest. A four, a two fives, and a nine. Yes, correct. That's crazy to me. And, and I mean, again, it's truly madness. I'm going to go FAU, and here's where I'm really going out of bounds. Miami can play. UConn, I believe their players. Do you watch them walk off the court and celebrate? Yes. Okay. I think they're overconfident. We'll see. I think the, they got good coaching. They'll get their, uh, get them back down to reality and go out and play. But I think they kind of think, mm, we got this thing. Just like you said, I'm going to FAU over Miami. I, uh, I can't <laughs> wait to see. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yes. We had a lot of folks sign up. So thank you guys. I appreciate you listening. And next year we'll have a bigger runway for it. Oh yeah. Uh, in fairness, we thought of this just a few days before we recorded the show, but, uh, yeah, next year we'll be ready. Uh, we're also ready to talk about ranking King. We, uh, we started having this conversation. I got so in depth that we thought, man, we need to just cut it here and come back and revisit. And let's just pick up right where we left off. Uh, we got Mickey James here and she's going to be uh, pinning cheerleader, Melissa Anderson in a, in a, in a good match here. Something I've never really known. And I'm just going to ask now, cause I'm ignorant to it. Is there a concern with having women wrestle in India? I know that when we would see the, the ladies from WWE go over to Saudi Arabia, it's a different culture and you adapt to that culture. So I understand I'm not ridiculing or mocking. I'm just saying legitimately I'm ignorant to what the thoughts about lady wrestling in India might've been. And I'm going to back up because some folks like to dive in on my world on the current episode for brand new listeners, new last outlaw listeners, new Connie listeners. Anyway, Rinka King is a 26 one hour episodes produced in Mumbai, India that, uh, me and a team went over. It was done in 2011 and 12, um, with kind of a nucleus of, of some TNA folks, not necessarily talent, but went over there, uh, Road Dog and Savio Vega did some scouting. Anyway, we went over there and shot uh, two different trips, but 26 one-hour shows. So like Conrad said, we kind of dove into the backstory of of everything and how it came together and came out of the gate, but now we're kind of diving in. And uh, I, I think this was our first ladies' match. Um, uh, Melissa Anderson, also named as Raisha, who was Awesome Kong's uh, valet, uh, who was very good and Mickey James, but Conrad, no India, it's a different culture. It's, it's not necessarily, um, like Saudi Arabia or some of the middle Eastern countries as, as it relates to females. And, uh, how do you say that their flesh showing, or if you will, India, um, you know, with Bollywood and a lot of dance in their culture and all that kind of stuff. Um, so no, there, there were no issues. Matter of fact, they were and we're going to get into this. The network and Endemol, and Endemol was the production company that we uh, partnered with, heavily involved in the tone and the fluence, not so much the booking of the matches, but the celebrities that were involved, kind of the odor overarching storylines they were deeply involved in, and kind of their wish list. And one of their wish lists was we definitely want females as a part of the roster, Mickey being great and seasoned yeah. and, and knowing 
um, she can have a hell of a match with just about you know any female. But Melissa, in her own right, is fantastic. Uh, again, as this roster was put together, we we need talent that can um, wear multiple hats, and and that is um, kind of at the very top of the uh, list. The talent that we use, male and female, uh, could basically have a match with anybody, had the right attitude, and really had a team mentality. Talk to me about um, Mickey James. I think you and I both think a lot of her, and we know that she's a WWE superstar, bona fide WWE Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. Uh, and then now she's enjoying an incredible run with Impact. So I'm not. Uh, you know, I, impact's nothing to sneeze at. They got great production. They got great leadership. They got great performers, blah, blah, blah. However, we've seen AEW sign wrestler after wrestler after wrestler. Do you find it? I mean, what, why do you think Mickey James never dabbled in AEW? I think she could have brought a lot to that women's roster. That's, you know, kind of rad. You, never you, say you, never, maybe, huh? Well, I, my gut tells me just right off the cuff, my gut tells me she's never reached out or had any interest. I, I don't, I really don't know. Um, cause there's so much great lady talent. Y'all have started to amass over there and that wasn't always the case, but there's a ton of great lady wrestlers there now. And it feels like Mickey could have great matches with all of them. Yeah. Mickey's yeah. very good. She, very she, good. she came up in the industry and from day one, she was never, ever afraid to learn and ask questions and want to get better. She cared about her craft yes. from, from day one. And it's look at her career. I mean, 20 years, Timing's everything, but don't you think if, if Mickey James first came on the scene five years ago, oh, man, like, I just think her timing and that, listen, you yes. can't help your own. I mean, I was born when I was born. It is what it is. But when she first got to the WWE, there was lots of bra and panty stuff. It wasn't taken as seriously as it is now. And she's cut from that cloth where she could be taken seriously right away. And it just feels as if, if she would have came on the scene, you know, five or six, seven years ago, as opposed to 15 years ago or whatever it was, Yep. my goodness, she would be a megastar. I think to this day, Mickey James is one of the most underrated in-ring ladies of all time. I agree. Timing. Timing. Yeah. You said, I mean, she was Alexis Lurie in TNA asylum shows. We yes. didn't have a division. I mean, yeah. at all. I mean, she was, yeah, I mean, you know, Conrad, just as you kind of rolled that out, I haven't really given that a thought on the present situation, but also what you just said, the timing of Mickey's career, uh, the trajectory would be completely different had she debuted. Um, when like Bailey and Sasha and, and Charlotte did. 2012, 13. Yeah. That'd have been bananas. Yeah. Either way, uh, the timing was here for her to be a part of what you were doing for Rinky King. And uh, there's, the timing's right for a few other folks. Chavo Guerrero is going to introduce his tag team partner for the upcoming tournament. And it's going to be Harry Smith, who we're calling Bulldog Heart. Uh, what's the thinking between the, I mean, obviously you want to acknowledge Bulldog. And I guess why not just use the heart name from the, the Bret Hart side of the fam and that's a pretty cool name. Is that your idea or someone else's idea? So going through kind of, I, I don't want to say the selection process, but into mall, um, was dialed in. They wanted to know, you know, because they were the colors ultimately wrote the check for the, the show, but into mall was a production company, but 
you, I say production, it doesn't sound they were involved in every aspect. And so when we were going through the roster and this guy and that guy, and I'm explaining, you know, we'll say the Guerrero family. Oh, wow. That was, okay. And then when you explain Harry Smith's family and what was his name, there was another name that I think he was kind of going by, but you kind of say, okay, this is Davy Boy Smith. Remember the British Bulldog? And I'm talking to the end of all folks. Is on one of those calls, and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, okay, Bulldog, yeah, WWE, WWF SummerSlam, '90s, you know, okay." But, but, but as a part of that, he's part of the Hart family. Oh wow, wow, okay, yeah, we love that. We need to get that involved. It, it was kind of a no-brainer. Okay, we'll call him Bulldog Hart. I mean, it was literally that simple. It's um, it's a fun idea. Another fun idea is that you have a mini come out. And, and ruin the momentum of the match. But, uh, Wade would say this means they're going to have their own horn swoggle. What's the thinking here? But but I mean, is it just, this is as old as wrestling is you got to have ladies, you got to have little folks. Well, and here's kind of the set point of all of it. And there's a great picture for you, YouTube fans out there that we're going to throw up all through there. It's, it's, uh, this guy is super talented, but in the mall, let me, the Indy, the country of India is I don't want to say it's like America because it's, 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 it's even defined even more. There's two things that drive everything in India. And that is Bollywood, which is their version of Hollywood, but Bollywood has it's, it's flair, dramatic, a lot of dancing passion. It's, it's so Bollywood and sport and, um, Kushti is their form of wrestling, uh, but but cricket is obviously the number one sport. But sport Bollywood, and so they love they love even their sporting events are are highly um, social and drama. And this cricketer is dating this person, and this cricketer is tied to this Bollywood project, and it's very intertwined. So in the mall and colors wanted us go. They really wanted us to lean in to the entertainment aspect, like, which is right up my alley, right up Dutch's alley, right up all, all of our alley. Okay. We're going to give you entertainment because they wanted to bring, I'll call them publicity stunts, uh, pub, you know, folks outside the business. We had the number one pop singer, you know, was on episode one and we've gone through that in the prior episode, uh, Harbhajan Singh, a, a, a really famous controversial cricketer. Uh, I, I don't want to give too many analogies, whichever one I give, I get pushback. So he may or may not be the Michael Jordan. He may or may not be, he's a top guy with a, a, a very, very pro wrestling like personality. Um, we used a sumo wrestler. We used, uh, just all kinds of, of different talent and what you just said, kind of the playbook, uh, in professional wrestling that can be very entertaining, uh, is, uh, use a little guy. And this guy was super talented. His background was, uh, acting in, in film and Bollywood. So he was a natural. The shows are going to air, uh, on January 29th and February 4th. This is all happening back in 2012. Uh, and they did a 1.7 which is down from when they opened, which was a 2.2. Uh, and it's because your head's up against the Bollywood Oscars preview show, which is obviously a big deal over there. Um, this is new territory for you. Oh. I mean, this is on the job training and learning. I mean, you kind of have the lay of the land here because you've lived here your whole life, but 
this is a very expensive show to produce. Lots of folks flying in lots of production costs, and you might not have the full landscape of what are we really up against? Is that fair to say? Yes. And, and I was, you know, when you talk about the wrestling content, what happens on the rinky King show, that is really just one component, but it wasn't for lack of effort when I tried and begged and pleaded because their model in India is television is really broken down into essentially three different programming parts. There's day parts, Monday through Friday, evening parts, Monday through Friday. And then the weekend is programmed when people are off work. So there's three different mindsets. And like I said, when cricket comes on, it's a multiple of when the NFL comes on in America. It just, the world stops when cricket's on. The other things that are highly rated are, they call them shiny dance shows, shiny dance war shows, but then the, the award shows. And it's it, again, Bollywood kind of runs their direction. <clears throat> the mindset of counter-programming, which they wanted to attempt to do was we're going to air an episode on, so episode one aired on Saturday night. Episode two aired on Sunday night. So the entire 26 episode run was over in 13 weeks, one quarter, which I still say it's way too short of a runway on a brand new product. I tried to do everything I possibly could run one episode on Saturday night, replay it on Sunday night. And then they had replays because they were the colors network was all working together. We were on Monday through Friday, uh, not every day, but I think three out of five days out of the week that we got a, uh, when the kids got out of school. So somewhere in between three and five o'clock, they would, you know, on Monday, they would run episode one and, uh, Tuesday episode two anyway. So a lot of coverage, but they burned through the episodes. And so that was what colors wanted. Um, and I think I got into this last episode. If there's any one thing that I think was kind of the um, reason ep uh, season two didn't come around, it's because of the fundamental understanding. Because we came out of the gate and and did well. And yes, they're going to drop from week one to two to three. But once we kind of stabilized out, then cricket came along and then uh, award show came along. But the big thing, and I pointed out earlier, they got a brand new guy. Uh, program they got everybody got fired that that brought wrestling on at colors they didn't get fired they got promoted that's the real story they got moved up the food chain and a whole nother uh set of executives became the programmers were you um stressed over all that or no yes yes and, and uh yeah stress would be a simple word i really wanted this to succeed because of the, I got to work and I still work with a lot of the end of all folks uh, and they're no longer with end of all, but all the Indian folks, it's an emerging market. If you're in the financial world, you'll know how much discretionary income is coming online in India, the population. Uh, if you're a YouTube person, you understand that country it lives online um, in the digital space. I, just the opportunity in India, especially in 2012 and 13, 11 in, in TNA, I really wanted this to help Bob Carter's return on investment. At the end of the day, I, I thought this could be a really, really big piece of the puzzle because I kind of knew what was going on uh, on the impact side. 
Well, I know you weren't losing any sleep over it. Uh, and you're certainly not losing any sleep at all these days. And it's not just because, uh, you're tearing up AEW and you're eating 14 meals a day. It's because you're rocking a chili sleep these days though. It's called sleep. Me, Jeff and I are sleeping better than ever because we both use a chili sleep, which is now called sleep me. And man, they have really stepped their game up. I am absolutely thrilled with mine. I've got the Uller. I've had it for years. I even bought a second one. Full disclosure. We vet everybody before they want to advertise on our program. So they sent us one. We tried it. I liked it so much. I thought I got to buy the big daddy one. I need the one for both sides. I want my wife to get the same level sleep I do. So I actually travel with the single side. Now this is a regular part of my life and will be forever and ever. Amen. I highly recommend this for you. If you have trouble falling asleep or more importantly, if you have trouble staying asleep. Prior to chili sleep, I was sleeping five or six hours a night with it. I'm sleeping seven, eight, nine, and I'm not tossing. I'm not turning. I'm not fighting with the covers. I'm feeling better than ever. I'm starting my day feeling ready to attack the day. And I know I'm getting that deep sleep because I'm getting for the first time in my life, bright, vivid, colorful dreams. You see what this does sleep me. What they do is they create the environment that meets your body's natural need for lower core temperatures. And it promotes a deeper, more restorative sleep. Think of it as like a smart thermostat for your bed. It's a temperature controlled mattress pad that fits over your existing mattress and bam, it's going to make it perfect for you. What I mean is my wife sleeps warmer than I do. So she wants her side a little warmer. I want my side a little colder. It's all happening in the same bed. We're sleeping better than ever. It's improved our quality of life and I highly recommend it for you. But they've just launched something I'm jealous of and can't wait to try. It's called the Doc Pro Sleep System with new Hyber AI. Yeah, you heard me. Now you can use Hyber AI technology. It's the industry's first sleep tech that's going to track and optimize your sleep temperature for you in real time. It all happens with the brand new Sleep Me app. This is just the ultimate cooling power with the doc pro sleep system. And you truly can get the best sleep of your life with AI driven technology. Head over now to sleep.me forward slash my world to learn more and save 25% off the purchase of any new doc pro Uller or cube sleep system. This offer is available exclusively for my world with Jeff Jarrett listeners and only for a limited time. That's sleep S L E E P dot M E slash my world. To take advantage of our exclusive discounts and wake up feeling refreshed every day. Seriously, y'all try it. You're going to be glad you did sleep.me forward slash my world. So Jeff, there's no way we can cover every single taping every single week that happened in Rinka King, but boy, something truly funny happened on this episode. We've got a, a promo from Scott Steiner where he's saying, I want all these Indians destroyed. No more Indians. Kill all the Indians. And his stable mate is standing right to his left. Sanjay Dutt, also Indian. I love old Scotty. Never lets the truth get in the way of a good story. It's good stuff. <laughs> Big Papa was in rare form on both these tapings. Um, <clears throat> in a lot of ways, sports entertainment was introduced to uh, the Rinka King crowd via Scott Steiner. Uh, he was fantastic, but he was a character. And, um, what I never really wrapped my head around, can you imagine the Hindi announcers having to translate what Scott was saying 
with Sanjay sitting next to him and Sanjay's, Sanjay's facials. Um, I'll tell you what, the clips of Rinka King, folks, uh, any of you diehard fans, uh, check it out. They're fun to watch. They really are. And, and Scotty was, he was a train wreck in, in, in the most positive way possible. <laughs> it's, uh, it's super fun to see what you guys were willing to try over there. You're going to push an angle with Isaiah cash. And you're probably asking yourself, what is Isaiah cash? Well, it's Luke gallows doing an undertaker biker gimmick against Roscoe Jackson. And you might say to yourself, self, who is Roscoe Jackson? Well, it's Trevor Murdoch. <laughs> yeah. Creative license. You're creating some new IP fair to say. Oh, and it was mandated for the most part that in the ball, yeah, we had to come up with names and we had, Oh God, I was going to say two or three, probably four or five sessions. I love the name Isaiah cash. I don't know exactly how we landed. I just knew we put a bunch of different things up there and I like the Roscoe Jackson and Isaiah cash names, but they, they wanted us to create IP for end ball. Listen, they're great names. I'm not arguing that at all. I mean, I, I really do think they're fun names. Um, but it allows you to try some new things that maybe don't always work out. And boy, that's wrestling. <laughs> As I understand it, they present this idea at our pal, Luke and Mr. Gallo says, oh yeah, I can do that. Well, that would mean you'd ride a motorcycle to the ring. Can you do that? Of course. <laughs> and you guys get there and have a motorcycle and he goes, man, I, I don't, I can't ride a motorcycle. <laughs> Is that pretty much the way that goes down? Bingo. And uh, Pune, India is about, God, I'm going to get this wrong, but a couple hours North of Mumbai. So you fly into Mumbai, um, take small vans or whatever. So we all get up there, but Pune is, um, so the sports grounds, if you will, is a huge complex and it's kind of where they hosted from time to time, their version of the Pan Am games. So we were using at the basketball arena, I think the arena, and that's how we built it out. And they had come over and I think I shared this, but they came to the impact zone, the big one, South stage 21 in Orlando and took like over a thousand legit over a thousand photos. And they went back to India and somewhat kind of duplicated it in their own way, but they had to figure out, all right, we got to get a motorcycle in the building and this guy's going to ride it out. Never thinking and us creatively never thinking, Oh, wait a minute. The guy riding it out, we kind of got to make sure he can drive this thing because at the bottom of the ramp, you got to do a tight turnaround. Oh, Luke, in typical form, never say no to a booking. I'll figure out how to do it when I get there, except it was a big-ass motor motorcycle in India. We figured it out, though. I, I think he ended up riding it down. Um, I just love it so much. And we post-produced it, so we, we knew, hey, just get it close to ringside. We'll make it look fine. Is that not wrestling in a nutshell though? Yeah, I can do that. Absolutely. No, I can't do that at all. <laughs> Have you ever heard the Bill Dundee story, the Mid-South Coliseum? No, oh, please. No. Th this is classic. So Bill could ride dirt bikes and his background, he's, I mean, he's a, you know, a little bit of circus in superstar Bill Dundee, but the legend and the story goes is that, this is back in the day in the early eighties when the business is red hot and they're all doing different instances, namely Lawler. Lawler, uh, was hand repelled down in the middle of the Coliseum. He was brought out on a throne. Um, 
just different things. The fabs were red hot and they came out and did their thing and all this. So Dundee, okay, I'm going to do something cool. So, uh, he a buddy, cause he, he can ride motorbikes, but he had a buddy in Memphis. Hey, bring me your motorbike over and I'll ride that bad boy, uh, down to ringside and I'll ride it around the ring. Like takers done or like stone Cold's done on his four wheeler. Bill's very comfortable with that. So if we had a good photo of the old school Mid-South Coliseum is when you darken the lights and Lawler walks out and being led to the ring, what's the lighting treatment? It's really just four spotlights that you follow Lawler to the ring. So Bill was like, okay, here we go. And I think they did like one test run, but Bill laughed it off. Oh, I can do this easy. Well, Connie, come showtime. He didn't really factor in all the things. So as he, and he wanted to come through the curtain with a little speed, Bill didn't want to do anything half speed. So he came through the curtain, backed up in the Coliseum, backed it all the way next gate. Cause when he came through the curtain, he wanted to have some speed on it and then break uh, enough around ringside and then kind of coast around and then back out. And then th that's how he's going to do his entrance. I guess they say Bill hit that curtain going a little bit faster than he kind of projected. And when he got through the curtain, bam, spotlights in his eye, and he couldn't see a damn thing. And took oh. out in the front row and broke a girl, broke a lady's leg. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so that's the old wrestler story. So, so how does the promotion take care of her in that era? This was before everybody's suing everybody. I'll just go let her meet Jory Lawler and give her a bunch of t-shirts. Oh, and no, I think that was Dr. Bill's pay for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, they, it was like, we're, don't worry. Let, let's get you to the hospital. And crazy. My goodness. We need to get Mark James, get his recount of that story. But yeah, that's the deal. Oh yeah. We should definitely do that one day. Hey, there's, um, there's an Indian talent that, uh, made it to the first show, the first set of tapings, but somehow passed away before the second one. I think his name was Chotu. Yeah. And yes. Do you, what happened? Do you remember this person? I don't. And look that we had, um, and I, um, when we were doing the research, I need to call Sanjay or Dutch or somebody on the trip. They would have a better recall. Me. I couldn't recall this because no, I, I don't, I, I, that just didn't dial in, but I will say this, uh, like I said, Road Dog and Savio Vega went over in, we'll call it kind of October, November. And that casting call, they literally had a end of ball executed a casting call with like a thousand folks that wanted to try out for this show. Yes, try out for a TV show, and you're going to be playing the role of a professional wrestler. Um, Savio and them cut it down to a hundred. And then I think they cut that down to like 50. And end of ball was involved in kind of, the roles and the casting and how they look and their stage presence and their charisma. And then, uh, Nick Dinsmore and Savio cause Brian went over and did the casting calls and then WWE gave him the call and he went back to work for them. Uh, but man, it was kind of a crash course and learning. So he, Chotu obviously was one of the groups. I don't really know what role, if any, he had in the, uh, first round of tapings. Um, tell me about the Bollywood boys. They're going to really make a mark for themselves here. They get over huge. I mean, this is probably like their coming out party. Is it not? It is. It, it is something in the very early, early stages. 
I mean, we hadn't even signed the deal because there was a financial um, organization that wanted to put the deal together between Colors, the network, into Mall, the production company, and TNA Entertainment, um, you know, the or organization in America that knew how to produce wrestling. So there was a financial company that put us all together. In those earliest of days, I think it was Andy Barton probably called me in and said, hey, here's this opportunity. What do you think? And I said, hey, let's kind of flush it out and see what happens and see where it takes us. But right then, we started trying to figure out, <clears throat> right, we got to find Indian talent. Um, and the Bollywood boys had sent us, man, this is like Mick Foley old school days. They had literally sent us not a eight track, but they had sent us a, a, a DVD and color photos. And that's how, that's the first time I ever saw them. And I, I think it was Rudy. I said, Hey man, get them on the line and see if they're interested. That's kind of how. I hate to say discovered, but for lack of a better word, yeah, that's how they are discovered. And they said, sign us up. We want to go. Uh, they're born and raised. Uh, their parents are born and raised in India, but they're um, born and raised in Vancouver. They're Canadian boys with great heart, great attitude. Um, and, you know, they've had some good success with gender through the years. Um, they were, this was their kind of their coming out party at Rinkaking. Let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the strategies for ratings. It's written in the, uh, observer at the time that the first 30 minutes of the shows do really well. And the last 30 minutes get killed because that's when the awards shows and dance shows on the big Indian network start at 9 PM. So you're starting at a half hour time slot, which is unusual, but that's what's, that's what we're doing. And there's some discussion. Hey, what do we do to get the second half of that up? And there's even a, 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 according to the dirt sheets at the time, maybe we need to do something to bring the ladies in. Maybe we try to create a love story. Do you remember this being the case where the first half hour does well, the second half hour, not as much. And how do we fix that? I think that's two different stories. I think okay. the, 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 the first part of that is they wanted to get a jump on the dance shows, but they didn't want to go too early. They wanted to, 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 to start earlier against all the big heavy competition, which I get again, this was a network need. And, and, you know, my priority was Rinky King's success, their prior priority. And rightly so is the network success, but they wanted to start a half hour earlier. I wanted to go a whole hour earlier. I said, let's get to my, I use the word Conrad over and over traction. We got to get traction. We got to get traction. They, I get it. It's their network, their air. They didn't believe in that. They're like 30 minutes. Anyway, that was kind of their mindset as we presented on multiple occasions. And it was an evolution kind of the, from episode one to where we're going to get to episode 26. Imagine that th these days. I mean, that's, we, we presented, this is where we're going to go from episode one to 26. They right out of the gate or not right out of the gate, but kind of their first early feedback was, we need stories for females. We need this. We need that. We need this. We need that. All that kind of stuff. And we're like, the female stories, they're going to come episodes 14 through 26. Episodes 1 through 13, we want to get championships established. We want to get personal rivalries established. We want to get other characters established that are the in-ring product. We will show a Mickey James. We will highlight them, but we won't really get into our wedding storyline and and those kind of things. So the second half, I think that's what either Wade or, or Dave was talking about is 
we had told the network, let's get them invested in the product. And we're going to hit them with that kind of that wedding storyline in the second half of the programming. You're going to bring in uh, Jimmy rave and uh, little Guido, uh, is the idea here. Let's get some guys who are great workers who maybe aren't huge. Who can work with some of the maybe less experienced Indian talent. Both guys are great. And both guys are bump takers and both guys, they just could work. You know, you, you, the old, I'm sure you've heard this on the other pods. You can have a match, uh, where you do not only your work, but your opponent's work. That's, that's, that's exactly what we were trying to accomplish because the India guys, some of them literally had never even been in a ring until we got them in training. And that was like 90 days before we went to air. It was crazy. It was, it was really tough. There's, um, there was a missed opportunity to me that Jimmy rave didn't become a bigger star in wrestling. I mean, he was such a talented guy. So young could do so much, uh, had a cool look could pull off some cool moves. It was a decent enough promo. I, mean, I don't think he ever really got much of a chance to do much of that, but why do you think Jimmy never was able to level up? Is it one of those things that we talked about earlier? Just timing if he had come along a little later. We talked a couple of different times on this podcast about the rock and rave connection. Um, yes. You know, so hindsight, was that the best opportunity? At the time, I thought it was a great pairing. Maybe Jimmy would have been better off to have him as a single in the X Division. My thought at the time and others' thoughts at the time is he's going to get lost. We've got Joe and Daniels and AJ and Sanjay and Jay lethal and Petey Williams. I mean, you know, we're going to go, let's team him and he'll still be the X division part of that tag team. But man, look at Lance and they've got a gimmick and we'll put Hemi with them. And you know, so it's timing, it's character development. It's what the rest of the roster looks like. That's kind of what I look at. Um, I mean, you can look at like going into this weekend, you and I was going to reference this kind of and look SmackDown. It it's still going to be a hype show, Southern WrestleMania, Raw. It's it's going to be uh, you know the post Mania Raw, but you've got an NXT show and you've got an ROH show and you've got Manias. When you look at the ROH show and kind of look at the players on the field, there's a great opportunity to steal the show this weekend um, on that card. There's a lot of guys that could do that, and so timing's everything. Um, is that going to happen? We'll, we'll see, but, um, I love a good competitive, healthy environment and kind of, you're going out West. There is four days of opportunity, uh, for a lot of talent. I'll just say that. And I think that's where Jimmy could, could, could always go, but the, the, the timing of his opportunities didn't always match up with, with, you know, being super fruitful. There's going to be a main event here, Magnus and Sanjay and Scott Steiner against Chavo Jr., Bulldog Hart, and Matt Morgan in the main event. And Meltzer would say this was the footage people have been talking about for months where Steiner was attacking fans and having to be pulled off. All the stuff that gets you sued these days for what used to be a part of the act for guys like Bruiser Brody, Stan Hansen, Tiger Jeet Singh, and others in Japan. Steiner had great heat and scared the crowd every time he threatened to hop the rail. Talk to me about this. This is, uh, 
something you don't see anymore, but boy, it really adds a lot to the show. Does it not? Well, it's telling a story, human engagement. And look, I'm not, it's different styles and, and different mindsets and some talent today or in the past, go to the ring and wait for the crowd to respond based off their, I'll call it move set or what they have laid out. There, there's another mentality is, is that you engage with the fans and kind of feel what kind of energy you're going to receive back and then hammer down. Scott's one of those guys. I don't want to call it an old school guy because it still works today. Um, but Scotty, uh, we encouraged him and producing him and you didn't have to do much, but we wanted, and I don't want to say this sounds God now staying as it's just like, Oh, that's old school, but no, the antagonists, the heels, the bad guys create that emotion out there. And Conrad, when I tell you, he just looked at the audience and then acted like he was going after them and they freaked. Well, Scotty sees the moment and said, okay, if they're scared a little bit, what happens if I put one leg over the top railing bike rail, like I'm going to go out after them. And it was a, again, an arena seating, um, around, but, but right beside ringside, it was a pit and, and just people standing and, and, and big groups of people. Uh, if you can throw that picture back up there, Marcus, it kind of illustrates that, you know, it was just full of people. But when Scott sensed that the audience was responding to him being Godzilla, I mean, he, he, he was like, is this monster? Cause Scott has that legitimate air of this guy may go off the rails in any minute. And the people felt that and man, they scattered like ants. And then Scott just kind of seized it. You don't have to tell him. And then he did that one night. And I think it happened multiple times after it. And he, that's, that was, that became part of his stick. If you will. I love it. In this match, Morgan has Magnus set up for a choke slam. The lights go out. And when they come back on it had arrived. And this of course is abyss. Who's going to choke slam Morgan and give a uh, grill junior and heart, a couple of black hole slams abyss coming in. What do you think it? Well, we had episodically again, we, we wanted to come out with a, we'll call it a defined, you know, maybe eight, 10, 12 talent that were the feature talent, but we wanted to be able to, to date to debut new talent you know, at episode eight, episode maybe 12 or 14 or episode 16. And again, the episodic nature. So in, in, uh, pre-tapes and in color commentary, we kept talking about this guy showing up. And I think we did call him. It is showing up. Like what, what is it? And, uh, the monster abyss. And at this time back home in America and on impact programming, he had, uh, begun to do the Joe park, uh, character and persona and, God, he's so good at that, but we wanted a monster to fit this role. And man, again, gosh, I wish we had clips when he debuted. And then after that, he, he was perfect. And, and again, Abyss is, you know, I know we give him a hard time producing boobs, but man, he is when he's super talented, he knew yep. the Abyss character inside and out. And it was money, man. He, 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 he was the end of all folks had known him as a producer up to that point. Um, you know, the backstage guy, cause abyss was helping on everything. Um, 
so they hadn't seen the character and they, they had, you know, a couple of folks from the end mall obviously had seen him in America as the Joe park character. But when they were blown away, they were like, Oh wow. This, I mean, what a role, what a monster this is. Cause he gets the mask and all the hair. It's like he transforms into a different character and his in-ring work is so damn good. It was good. It was really, really good. The uh, February 22nd or 26th show is built around Abyss's arrival and that he's looking to take the title for Morgan and the announcers say they found out that Abyss is being sent to India because of a rich, influential American businessman. Of course, that's going to be a character portrayed by Jeff Rowe. Uh, Jazzy is going to come out and uh, reveal there's an American investor trying to buy it out. And then here come Steiner, Dutt, Magnus, and Abyss, the fearsome foursome, AKA the Rinka King version of the four horsemen. It's a, uh, they only have one week to accept the buyout. What can you tell us about Jazzy? So Jazzy was a, he had acting chops. Uh, he was not an entering performer at all, but he had acting skills. He, he's an actor. Um, that, that, you know, I don't say could memorize lines because it wasn't that, but he was an actor that loved wrestling. It didn't mind getting his ass whooped. He was in it for all the right reasons. He loved, had a passion for the industry and wanted to be involved and would do anything. Um, he, um, could handle, um, a piece of stainless steel, uh, very willing. Uh, I mean, he's really good guy, super good. And, um, Again, my credit goes to, he wasn't in the tryouts. He was brought to the table through an agency that we needed a mouthpiece to represent not really colors, but kind of the Rinka King. He was a, a, a mouthpiece for the Rinka King organization and Endemol brought him to the table through an agency. Well, talk to me about how this, this comes to fruition. We got. Uh, Mr. Singh and Jazzy here waiting on your arrival and, um, your heel group is going to be called RDX. It's also going to include Magnus, Scott Steiner, Abyss, Sanjay Dutt, and deadly Danda. The idea being that if, if you take over, there's no order, it's chaos. Maybe they should leave the other commissioner in charge. They shouldn't allow you to buy it out. And somehow, some way, uh, you're going to freak out turn on your Indian lawyer and give him a DDT is, is the idea here. We're trying to build to a cliffhanger of will the show continue or will you take it over and move it back to America or where, where are we going for here? Basically? Yeah. Are we going to take the show over and run it our way? Not like we're going to end the show. Um, qu quick thing on the RDX, uh, Conrad, do you know what RDX is? Probably. No. Okay. So RDX, it's an explosive, but why did we call them RDX? Um, again, this is an endemol colors vetting, big, 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 huge part of the story because you can call it the four horsemen or the NWO. Maybe it's more appropriate, the NWO analogy, but RDX is an explosive like a dynamite, but it is an explosive, but why it's so relevant. It was used in a terrorist attack in India. So Everybody in India is well aware what RDX is. And so that was kind of the heel faction that was collectively decided on. I loved it. It had so much relevance to it. And, and another thing 
that was kind of vetted and discussed and talked to as we began to formulate the creative is that me and Dutch and, and Sanjay, we had a, a small group call with India and I'm like, culturally speaking, what can people relate to? What do they hate? What, you know, what's this, what's that, however it may be. And corruption in leadership is a huge issue. And most people in India can relate to a politician being bribed, a businessman being bribed. Um, anyway, just corruption that there's always payoffs for everything. So that's where the original seed to come up with, all right, the role is going to be is in India is launching this new promotion called ring King that has a lot of glitz and glamor and celebrities and Mia, Mika Singh. And here's these championships and oh no, a corrupt owner's coming. And lo and behold, it's an American. We didn't want an Indian to be the heel. So, you know, that's the role I played an American businessman that was corrupt that we were going to purchase it. And so that's kind of the, the, the seed that we started to plant here. Well, speaking of planting seeds, if you're looking to do some of that, you need blue chew, buddy. Let me just tell you, Jeff Jarrett knows a thing or two about strokes, right? He's been passing out strokes forever and ever. And if you need a few more strokes, blue chew is here for you guys. We all know confidence can take you far in life. And that's especially true in the bedroom. Hell, you might wind up leading factions in WCW and the WWE and new Japan and India telling you that's what it's all about confidence well blue chew can be like a hot tag for your wiener step up your confidence it's a unique online service that delivers you the same active ingredients as both viagra and cialis but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost take them anytime day or night so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises think of it this way you won't need somebody to hold the base of your ladder anymore it'll just stand up on its own ta-da Sign up at bluechew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And here's the best part. It's all done online. That means no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversation, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluechew's tablets are made right here in the USA. They prepare and ship direct to your door, all in a discreet package. And Jeff tells me it gets him so hard. Even a cat couldn't scratch it. I'd look that up, but I think that's a good thing. If you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. Have some better sex, y'all. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code MyWorld at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com. The promo code is MyWorld to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we want to thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast and Double J's Ween. All right, let's get back to the show here. Uh, we're going to set up a ring King world cup. It's a 10 main cage match. Think of it as like uh war games with one ring. So it's going to be jazzy's team against your team. And we've got to figure out who in the hell is going to, uh, to handle who goes first, you know, back in, in the day in JCP, they'd flip a coin here though. We have a best of three arm wrestling series. Tell us about this, Jeff. Just what you said. How do we give a little bit of a alteration as opposed to a flip flip of the coin and make it a segment on TV that's drama and also it gave a really good opportunity that we had the teams divided, so we were going to have a best of three arm wrestling. 
and you know Steiner and and Davy Boy or, or Harry. Uh, I think we had uh, Vera and uh, there it is, Vera and uh, Magnus, and then I was you know so best two out of three, and then it was me against Jazzy Lahoria, and of course I'm the heel and I'm about to lose this thing and Sanjay being a good cohort partner came over and gave me the much needed water I needed to, you know, um, give me some superpowers and I hulked up, smashed his ass down, might've spit water in his face. That's debatable, but no, it gave the opportunity for the commentators to tell the story of the prior four, six, eight weeks it, between not just calling an arm wrestling match, but it kind of, it's the promotion. It's the preview. It's the buildup for our version of the war games match. The match itself would lead to what uh, critics would say was the best show of the series to date. You've got RDX, Dutt, Steiner, Magnus, and uh, deadly Donda and abyss taking on Chavo bulldog heart, Matt Morgan, Vera. And what's the other fellow's name? JWALA. Jawala, Jawala, Jawala. Okay. Yeah, it's Deadly Donda, not Danda, Donda. Yeah, but Jawala was what a great looking character. I mean, phenomenal. Well, you try to bribe Jawala to switch sides, but uh, you get decked in the process, and eventually you throw handcuffs into the cage, and of course that means that the uh, heels have the advantage. They're all beating on old Jawala, and uh, then you throw the cane into the ring. They all nail him with it. And Donda gets the pin. So next week, Jarrett and RDX are in control of Rinka King. And they announce a street fight with Luke Gallows and Trevor Murdoch. Of course, using their Rinka King names. Did you feel like when that was over, hey, that's our best show yet? Okay, so here's where... Um, so, Conrad, we shot, like I said, 26 one-hour episodes. We went over and shot 13 one-hour one hour episodes in four days and did that in uh, three weeks. Went over, came home for about seven, eight, nine, ten days, and then went back. Um, and so when you finish the episode, you didn't even remotely have an opportunity to say, oh, episode 19 is going to be our best one because each day we're shooting pre-tapes and we're, you know, it, so it, it wasn't that and that's a real challenge. That was, uh, again, the crew we put together talent and, and I can't say enough good things about how into ball and then Sanjay, he's bilingual, speaks Hindi and English. So, and then abyss, everybody kind of pulled together because like <laughs> backstage Conrad, imagine this, everybody had their own formats and it's not just one show. It's literally, you know, a, a stack of papers to try. And then you had to kind of write down and know what you're wearing here. And, and I had this one cheat sheet that, cause I'm not wrestling, but a, a couple of, you know, I think I had my wrestling tights on, on two episodes. So I would have a suit and tie and I would have to write, okay, this is episode, this suit and tie, just continuity. And we had continuity uh, producers backstage. It was a real challenge, but it all came off. And then team Sully, um, Back in Nashville, the Impact post-production folks, that was one Christmas they worked through to get everything ready. It is a real challenge. I'm going a, a long way around. Conrad, we didn't have a clue uh, to answer your question. Like, okay, that episode was great because it all kind of, I don't say it ran together, but you didn't have time at all to stop and smell the roses. 
Well, even though it was a great show, critically acclaimed show, it got destroyed because it yep. was heads up against cricket. And, um, you're going to do an interview saying there's changes in Rinky King with you in charge. They're going to challenge Mr. Singh to a match saying that you'd fight him blindfolded. And, uh, you're telling all the faces that you could fire them, but instead you're going to let them stay, but tells Baroud, you got to sweep the closets in the arena. Rapta has to clean the toilets and the little guy has to kiss your feet. <laughs> and, uh, of course he winds up biting your feet. What a great visual this is. You got to take a look at this. You never thought you'd see this in wrestling, but it happened. Uh, and then Steiner, Magnus and Abyss all attack him. And the show ends with a, a sumo coming out and, uh, all the heels are stunned, but they're playing it. Like this is a guy they all know. What in the world are we doing here? You got sumo wrestlers. Where's this coming from? Conrad, let me ask you Marcus, keep that picture up. Um, folks, this guy's legitimately close to 600 pounds. Big, Suits, fella. big fella. How many slams do you think he does a day? Three or four, probably. Same as you, I would guess. I mean, he's probably eating the same amount of food. Oh, I mean, that's cardio. I, if I had to guess, this is another uh, in the mall, basically, you know, sumo wrestler. It's a spectacle. The guy's a legitimate winner um, in sumo wrestling. It has a, I don't say certain mystique, a very big mystique in India. And so they said, can you work him in the show? And we're like, Yes. Well, hell yeah. Can he have a match? No, 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 no. He can't have a match. I'm like, oh shit, that'd be great. But no. So how do we use him? So we figured a way to, to, to create him and get him into the storyline. Um, most would say the guy's 580 pounds and wow. uh, Dutt is going to come out and face, he's going to say he's going to face the greatest high flyer in all of Rinka King, which of course turns out to be the little fellow and it's a ladder match. As you might imagine, mostly comedy. Uh, but then we see you warming up for your match. You're wearing a blindfold. Your lawyer's going to come in. And while you're warming up, you accidentally punch the lawyer in the nose and break it. The lawyer tries to hand you a guitar, but you're shadow boxing and you punch the guitar and hurt your hand. This is fun stuff. I mean, I can appreciate that you guys are trying some stuff here. So the casting of the Indian lawyer needed to be a super people pleaser that was clumsy. I mean, right. it's, it, you know, it's trying to, it's trying to hard to, to, to articulate to these folks, but that's kind of the role that we, we need a guy that you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you know, like, Oh, lawyers. He's, I don't think they said studious, but they're like, no, 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 no. He's our lawyer, but an American business guy doesn't quite vet it. And he's really a, a buffoon. <laughs> so we, we had a dumb lawyer that got in the way, but he's a people pleaser. He's just trying to help out. So he, he I tell him as the arrogant businessman, I let's shadow box. I got to learn to shadow box with, cause I'm going to be blindfolded in this match. Of course he catches one across the nose and it breaks his nose. And then he's, Hey man, you're going to the ring. Let me give you my guitar. And I'm still shadow boxing. And I, anyway, yes, it's comedy, but it, it, it did fit into the storyline that this dumb, arrogant, American businessman hired a buffoon as a lawyer. 
I love this. Of course, it leads to the match. Uh, Jazzy, the former babyface authority guy, is going to come out and want the match. Jarrett agrees to face him with a blindfold on. You're getting beaten on. And then the attorney distracts the ref. You get the blindfold off. You hit the ref and use the stroke for the pin. And then you hit Jazzy with a guitar after the match. Any hesitancy from our man taking the uh, guitar shot? Nope. That's what I said, Conrad. He bled during this series of episodes. He took a guitar shot and he's an actor and he loved every minute of it. I mean, Let me just, you said it earlier, but you said it in code. Said he wasn't scared of the stainless steel. Is he doing it or getting help doing it? He got help. Okay. God, who did that? Yeah, he got help though. Wait, you said he, you said it and looked up. Did you do it? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm trying to think he was in the segment. I did. No, never done Have that. Have you done other guys done. before? Have you cut other guys before? No, sir. No interest. Just in case it goes bad, you don't want the heat? Uh, yes, I'll leave that. If you know, I'm not taking that into my own hands. I, yeah. I just. Have you let somebody do it for you? One time. Remember the very, very first time. That's right. Superstar. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, on April 8th, we see the heels come out with shirts, uh, making fun of Bahi. Am I saying that right? Bahi. Aji, Aji, that's his name. Uh, they, they have a photo of uh, Singh with a garbage can, and Jarrett said he's learned that Singh was a coward and a liar. While Dutt translates for him, and Jarrett was wearing a "I hate Baji's" T-shirt, and he tells Abyss to destroy the photo of Singh and put it in the garbage can. And uh, he had a contract for a match with Singh where he could, he would agree to be blindfolded. After Abyss threw the photo in the garbage can. Abyss pours lighter fluid in the garbage can and sets it on fire. We've done everything on this show so far, but we haven't yet done a wedding angle. So why not? <laughs> we got Rapta and Zoravar both hitting on Angelina love. And uh, eventually things are going to start moving quickly because we're going to propose marriage. Rapta is going to propose to love. And she says she's considering it. And there's a bouquet here and talk to me about this wedding angle. Is this, I mean, I know that here in America, there's something that's been said about, you know, weddings are good for ratings. This is all new territory, but you see even the little guy he's out here I mean, everybody's vying for her love. If you're watching on YouTube, what do you think here? Just, Hey man, this has worked before. Let's just try it and see what happens from a cultural aspect we dialed in my man Sanjay and in the ball, but Sanjay was the lead that how do we create, you know, how do we have in America from Plyboy Frazier to, I mean, there's, I, I don't have to, you know, the weddings that we've had uh, all different kinds. We talked about one with AJ and uh, last week uh, on there two weeks ago. Anyway. So what we wanted to create was something that was relevant in India. And I don't say arranged marriages, but culturally speaking, that's kind of what we laid out that here's an American female wrestler and two Indians fell in love with her and they both wanted to impress her and, and kind of put her on the hot, hot seat in public, not in private in public. You're going to have to choose one of us. So they both were wooing her and, and, and trying to get her affections. So you have a, a, a good looking, I'll call him an underneath baby face in Romeo Rapta, uh, Look, a good little worker is is 
inexperienced as he was, I mean, he, he's got talent. And then the little guy, I never can say his name, Zorar, um, he was just full of energy. And so what a spectacle it was to kind of listen to the people respond. And that's what was so cool. What was said, the people understood it. They got it. They bought completely into the story because it was culturally um, uh, accurate. I, uh, I love the story because it is, it is a fun visual and they announced that Angelina love is going to get married next week, but they wouldn't say to who. So they leave us a cliffhanger and the little fellow comes out and cuts a promo saying nobody loves her as much as I do. And she shouldn't focus on my lack of height, but look at my heart, which has the love of 10 men. And of course, uh, Rapta comes out and gives her a rose, tells her he loves her. And the little guy comes back and says, I can beat that. And he starts singing to her. This is incredible stuff. The main event is Singh versus Jarrett in an ODQ match. Jarrett's blindfolded. The big fellow is at ringside. And before, before Singh even touches him, Vera attacks the blindfolded Jarrett, gives him a spine buster, and Singh pings, pings, or pins Jarrett. Easy for me to say. And um, sadly, it comes to an end. Meltzer would report in the end of April that um, Ranky King finished up its run over the weekend and colors in India. There is no word on the future of the group, but the fact the season is over with no announcement. Well, I don't see that as a positive thing on April 21st. The show opens with the Indian wedding and Angelina love saying, you know, she's going to get married, but doesn't say which one, which suitor the music plays and, uh, love is asked who she is marrying. And she says the little fellow Rapta is upset and he's sitting there. Dr. Nicholas Dinsmore and Barood throw flower petals at the two and, uh, they just do the wedding. Go ahead. Say again. I just, what a production. Look at the, I mean, uh, my world folks, uh, tune into the YouTube slides for this episode. We can't do it justice. Highly elaborate production values there. And look at the little guy and Conrad, do you see Angelina sitting in the chair, but the little guy up front and center? It's amazing. <laughs> amazing. Oh, it's amazing. Amazing. Go ahead. Well, listen, I'll tell you what, all those leaves right there, it makes me think of our pals over at HelloFresh. Mm. Because boy, it's some good eating right there. And you want to talk about fresh. This is truly America's number one meal kit. If you want to go ahead and skip the uh, trips to the grocery store and make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable, it doesn't get any easier and getting it delivered right to your door. Thanks to HelloFresh, You can make mealtime easy with delicious recipes made with fresh, wholesome ingredients delivered to your door. No lines, no hassle, just great tasting meals. You can whip up and enjoy all in the comfort of your own home. And with the cost of groceries continuing to go up, now's the perfect time to get started with HelloFresh. It's cheaper than shopping at the grocery store because you always overbuy. You get exactly what you need and no waste here. And it's even 25% less expensive than takeout. By the way, if you're in a rut, well, you can shake it off. They got 40 different weekly recipes here for all your different occasions, lifestyles, and preferences. You can pick from stuff like rice or mushroom and chive risotto, or how about uh, soy glazed salmon with rice? Like there's something for everybody here. And these delicious dinners are a cinch, man. You got HelloFresh's chef crafted seasonal recipes where everything's already pre-portioned. Man, all you got to do is cook and enjoy. We know you're busy, so they take care of all the meal planning and prepping. You don't have to do any of that stuff. Now, I also want to mention 
that this is going to pay dividends for you and your relationship. Let's just be honest. 98% of you listening right now are fellows like me and Jeff. And a lot of times, if you're like me, we leave the cooking to our ladies. Now, if there's a grill stuff, well, I'm on it, but she's usually in the kitchen. But when we open this box, I know exactly what's in it. I know it's going to be good. I know it's a perfect amount for us and it's got easy instructions. Even I can do it, but by doing it with her, man, it pays dividends. First of all, I get a great meal. It's done quickly. It's done affordably. And there's other benefits. Let me just say that I highly recommend it. Go out of your way to do it. Sanjay tested Sanjay approved. Go to hellofreshcom slash my world 60 and use our promo code. My world 60. You'll get 60% off plus free shipping. That's hellofresh.com slash my world 60. Use that promo code. My world 60. You'll get 60% off plus free shipping. Remember this is HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit folks. For you guys out there, and what you just say, kind of read 98% of us, or however it may yeah. be, but no, these meals come with a dummy. It's for dummies. They literally yes. have this nice, it's not like a little flimsy piece of paper. Anyway, it's it's got pictures. It's got step one, step two, step three, yeah. step four. I'm yes. telling you, folks, I've done it myself, and I like to grill. But as far as cooking the whole meal, it's uh, pretty simple. When I, but hello, I'm telling you the spice, whatever. I, I don't do a good job, but it, it dumbs it down and it is some good eating. I had some, uh, what was that? Something crusted salmon. It was delicious. Anyway, good I mean, food here's guy. The thing too, Jeff. it's stuff that I, I have to admit, I wouldn't normally say, Are Oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go pick that. I'm going to go pick. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick a lot of these things, but, but I'm trying to. Yeah. But if you were out at a restaurant and saw it on it's a different. menu. I'd get it I'd all try. day. Yes. I, I yes, would get it all day at a restaurant, but at my house, it just, this, this feels complicated. Yes. So I'm glad you mentioned that the instructions are there because that's, that's the reason I feel comfortable helping. But if my wife was like, Hey, we're going to make soy glazed salmon. I'd be like, well, let me know when it's ready. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, <laughs> but, but this makes it easy and it's fun. And I'm telling you, it's going to be fun. It's going to taste great. It's going to be affordable. And then roll tide. I'll let you figure out what that means. Uh, so listen, we got a pro tip from somebody who was involved. I don't know if we should say their names, but here's what they had to say about this wedding angle. The way Indian weddings work, it was the perfect setup and deal. Three-way love triangle. Angel needs to pick one. Indian weddings have two chairs sitting for ceremony. So now the hook is who will sit in the other chair next to Angel? I felt that sort of thing was what I was there to help in. Indian culture and how that can blend into the show and keep it India-centric. From a personal standpoint, that time period was groundbreaking for me. I learned exactly how TV booking creative and working in the office was all about. It was the first time I was an agent. So that was great too. I learned how to format time and TV and put together episodic TV. And that was when I knew this was my ticket to longevity and wrestling, learn everything you can possibly learn. And that's what I did at the end of the day. This was all because Jeff saw potential in me and I can never thank him enough for this experience. That's the reason I am where I am today. That's the reason I took the path I did. Rinky King was some of the most fun I ever had. And I can't put into words how much I learned. So I said I wouldn't say who it is, but uh, I guess you probably learned that's Sanjay Dutt. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. That was nice. It was super nice. Yeah. He sent you a nice little note, didn't he, Connie? Uh, it's, it's pretty cool, man, to know that, um, you know, this was a big, it was important for a lot of reasons. And, and we tried new things. And just because necessarily, 
it wasn't uh, renewed for a second season. It doesn't mean that we didn't learn a lot in the process. And I, like you, still think there's a big opportunity uh, to do stuff in India, don't you? Massive. Yeah. It is last untapped frontier. It just is. It, it is the last, I believe, from a global perspective, because, you know, we talk about Australia. Australia is a great market. There's just not a lot of people in the country at the end of the day. It's all about numbers. And, um, you know, when you look at South America, I think it's there. Um, but look, the, you know, you're talking five, six, seven, eight governments in, 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 in South America. So, yes, there's potential there. But uh, as my man Satnam Singh's um, documentary says, one in a billion. Uh, he's the one. But the billion is people, folks. It's three to four times larger in population than America. Um, I just, the, the, the Indian market is still so underdeveloped as it, as it relates to professional wrestling. But as far as um, the working class and discretionary income and um, it's, it's there. I mean, the IPL, it's their cricket league and it's just what, what a great market and what a great opportunity this was. And uh, there will be, Still working on that, Conrad, and I'm not going to give up. It's uh, three P's exist, and uh, it, it will. It, we will get there one day. But yeah, it was great to have Sanjay, and Sanjay knows this. I've told him this. I felt he loved it. Great opportunity. I felt. I mean, when I tell you that, super lucky to have him a part of the project because he was the mediator in everything. Not that there were fights or nothing like that he understand the American context, but he also understand the Indian context invaluable to the project. No doubt about it. Well, we know what's going to happen here. The final episode airs on April 22nd. It's the final show of the promotion. They open with the, uh, face team of, uh, Roscoe Jackson and Parinda Chavo Guerrero jr. And Matt Morgan and Vera beating RDX. Think of them like the NWO. And Vera is going to pin Donda after a power bomb, after ducking a baton shot. Guerrero does a big plancha before the finish. And the final episode is Jarrett versus Singh. Jarrett's going to wear an I hate Baji, which is Singh's nickname shirt. And, um, we got a guitar here and we've also got a cricket stump for Singh. And Jarrett's going to keep running away. And then the sumo comes out and blocks the exit, throws him back in the ring. All the heels come out, but the sumo stops them from doing anything. The heels then return and a bunch of faces come out. Jarrett hits Vera with a guitar shot. Singh hits the heels, except Donda with his cricket stump. Then Isaiah Cash, who we know is Luke Gallows, comes out with a tag team title belt and gives it to RDX when Jarrett pays him off. And all the heels leaving an 18 wheeler and the faces stood tall. An 18 wheeler is a big part of the season because you've got a big sponsor called Tata Motors and you guys have been working with them all season, but it's all said and done. Are you happy with the first season? How do you find out it's not being renewed? What's the official reason giving? I've said this multiple times from a, yes, it's business, but personal from a personal satisfaction is one of the top five experiences of my entire career to kind of take an idea 
the seed of it that just germinated because of a financial guy said, Hey, I believe I can align the powers that be with the production company and colors, you know, a number one network in India and you guys know how to produce wrestling. Can we put it together? There was some resistance internally. Uh, I just say it from Dixie and team um, from the very beginning. Uh, but it was what it was, but we got that thing off the ground, went over there and, and produced content. Um, that was a challenge from so many aspects, um, uh, that Tata motors that you just spoke of, they were a big part of writing the checks. I know that they came both set of tapings. They were, could not have been more pleased how we integrated them. We had one of their cars, kind of their, their small, uh, it's, it's, it's a, one of their smaller cars. They're a huge company. Indi we toured the Tata Motor plant up in Pune, but but um, they were really happy. We integrated their product. That was kind of, and and the outshot was a big flatbed Tata eighteen wheeler. But we showed Tata their logo three or four times, and all the heels were standing on the back of this flatbed eighteen wheeler with the belts, and we're driving off. And it was the cliffhanger. That's what we wanted because. We weren't overly optimistic, but we knew there was a shot. We also knew that it was going to be an uphill battle because of the leadership change within colors. But, you know, when we wrote these, the 26 episodes, it was before we, you know, we wrote all 26 before we produced one. So we went into it to create a cliffhanger and establish characters. And that's what we did. I thought the outshot we kept Isaiah, we kept a lot of players engaged, involved, and I hate to say it, we put the baby faces over the last four, five, six episodes, but always tried to keep a little heat. But at the end of the day, we put them over huge, but we left with the belts on that 18 wheeler. The heels were cowards and ran, uh, but we were, you know, we left the cliffhanger. I was very, very pleased with it, super happy with it. It was really rewarding. I knew we did something special, but again, at the, at the end of all of it, Conrad, I had done enough due diligence, even going into it to know the opportunity in India, um, was massive. You know, our deal with Sony at the time impact was by far our biggest, uh, international deal. And that's shipping American content and exporting it to India. So producing a homegrown product was, was the key. And, um, there's just so much upside that can come out of it. <clears throat> if you could change one thing about it, what would you change? I mean, it, it would, it would be the programming model. One episode okay. a week for 26 weeks, but for sure, for sure. Uh, let's do a few questions here. Pontus wants to know from what Nick Aldis has said, it seems Marood was supposed to be built as a sympathetic underdog, but the Indian TV execs hated it and he got squashed instead. What happened? I don't remember all that. They, they weren't, they, they didn't conceptually understand that here's again, and this is what network executives, no disrespect, just not wrapping their head around the industry. They expected the Indian athletes to be on par with the Chavo, with the Harry Smith, with uh Sanjay Dutt, with a, you know, the American talent that as we know on this podcast, that's, delusional they had yes. literally had i mean nick dinsmore and savio vega they were magicians to get what they got um as far as producing the talent it's 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 amazing 
Um, but the Indian executives, they weren't real high on, we had a tag team that were basically kind of Indian truck drivers that I really liked from the character development, but the Indian execs, they didn't like them either. They, they just knew that their, the Indian talent wasn't up to par, but it's like, we all internally knew, of course, they're not going to be up to par. We got to make, we got to put our best foot forward and, and really cover up their negatives and whatever positive we can find accentuated. Really fun question here from Francis. What one lesson did you learn from Rinka King that you used for Global Force Wrestling? Do the I mean, I don't know if I learned this just in Rinka King, but but there were a lot of instances that well and I get it that Spike was not enamored with America, their roster, parts of their roster going to be gone for two or three episodes. So they were like, no, we would rather not use impact guys to go to India. And then our Sony folks over there, they weren't really interested in sharing impact talent. It's going to be on Sony in India, but Oh, you can also watch them on colors. I kind of got all that at the end of the day. I, I, I do disagree with that philosophy that if you can get a talent over on colors and then when the season's over, they're going to go back to Sony. It, it rises that, that, that ship, but understanding kind of the lay of the land and knowing that put your nose to the grindstone and look me Dutch, Dave Lagana was a part of it. He never got his visa, so he couldn't go, but there was kind of a core group of us, um, Jeremy, I mean, that we just kind of said, all right, we've got to make a roster. Let's go to work. And we took a long time and vetted that roster. Was it perfect? No. But going up against the challenges, it, it was very clear that we put together a team uh, that was pretty damn good against a lot of internal and external challenges. Because, I mean, even a even a Luke Gallows or uh, I'm just trying to think, you know, they had other commitments and we're asking them, Hey, can you go to India? Not a lot of money. And, and it's a lot of travel and you're going to be over there and back two different times. Well, is there anything beyond that? Nope. Can't promise you anything beyond that. It was, uh, it, it was really a, a group of 20 to 25 who invested in the product i wish it could have turned out more but everybody had a good experience uh that they really did well we hope you guys had a great experience today and i encourage you to uh, join us over at adfreeshows.com you'll get all these shows early and ad free and you can even be a part of our live studio audience and boy uh, we had a whole bunch of folks show up for us today greatly appreciate josh and coach rosie and eddie and keith and carl and man just everybody who showed right up on. up to ken Appreciate all you guys hanging out with us. And uh, don't forget, we are giving you a free trial over at adfreeshows.com. It's more than a dozen podcasts, or your favorite podcasts. You get each week early and ad free, starting at just nine bucks. And I want you to try the first week on us. See what all the fuss is about over at adfreeshows.com. And we just did a, uh, a long form interview that we posted to YouTube that I want you to check out. It's with your dad, Jerry. It first aired on ad free shows a few years ago. Uh, and we've done these before with Jim Hurd and Jim Crockett Jr. And we've got another one that I just shot a few weeks ago that we'll have live in the month of April over at adfreeshows.com. Who is uh, it? So check it out. 
I'm not going to tell you. Who is? I'll tell you off air. Oh, we'll tell you off air. By the way, if you're trying to grow your business and you're looking for men that are 25 to 54 years old, there's no better place to look than right here. Go to advertise with Jarrett.com. Year us talk about the same sponsors year after year after year. Why is that? Because it really works with our super targeted audience. There's very little waste. If you're looking for dudes, we got them advertise with Jarrett.com. Love to have your interactions on social. It's at my world pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. He is at real Jeff Jarrett on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. But uh, you got to see what we just talked about. If you haven't already, go check out my world on youtube.com. That's my world on youtube.com. You can also support all of our merch that you've seen on the program here today, including the last outlaw swag over at boxofgimmicks.com. Jeff, I know that uh, you and I sometimes get distracted and um, we, we get doubled down on all of our, our, our wrestling talk, but something pretty crazy happened while we were recording today. And I feel like I should at least mention it. Do you monitor any social media while we record? My phone, I got news alerts. Uh, I hope, are you talking about the tragedy in Nashville? I can't believe this is real, but we had three children and two adults shot and killed at a Nashville school today. It's climbed um, to seven now. My goodness. This is in your backyard, Jeff. Yeah. It's a Christian school. It's a Christian academy, the Covenant School. It feels weird that you and i would be here talking and not at least acknowledge it i don't i don't know my word factory kind of shuts down at times like these but man something's got to change goodness gracious kids can't be scared to go to school and the idea that this is where we are and what's happening while you and i are over here trying to play grab ass talk about wrestling man there's uh what in the world jeff you know conrad I got to make sure that I, I don't want this. And I know you'll, you'll be there to just say, well, what you're really trying to say is, so you know how at times on social media that I do. And I think you do like a double take and you go, what, what in the world, who in their right mind would type an 140 characters or less that kind of just nonsense, just like it, it's, it's like what were Conrad, I know you know that I've texted you multiple times. Like what world are we living in? Well, yes. unfortunately it is a reflection of society, social media tabs, the, the disconnect, I call it from reality sometimes bleeds over and and look, I don't know anything about this shooting other than that seven people are dead. And I, on my phone, Conrad, the first report was three, then five, then seven. But I believe our world, and look, it's, it's, uh, you can't single it out, but the pandemic radically changed the world and coming out of it, you just kind of look at all the different things and, the workplace and God, the crazy political nature that I'm not going to touch with a 10 foot pole, but you get this kind of news alert. You just get a, s people woke up this morning on a beautiful Monday day, 
Monday here in Nashville. Not a cloud in the sky. I literally told that to Karen. I left my breakfast meeting this morning going to the gym, just touching base with her, and I said, man, it is beautiful out today. Not a cloud in the sky, and she chimed in. Same people in Nashville saw that this morning, and now there's seven deaths, and the shooter's dead as well. Like, what is going on? The world needs a market correction. I wish I knew how that would come about. Well said, Jeff. I don't really know what to say. I just know that uh, it's a damn shame, and we got to be better. I mean, that's all there is to it. We got to be better. I don't know what that looks like. But I'm for it. I just, I can't imagine a, a scenario where here you are in the suburbs of Nashville recording a slap nut podcast with me about old Indian wrestling from 11 years ago. And we're yucking it up and having a good time and talking about silly nonsense. And there's a gunfight at a school. Yeah. Not far from you. Like, man, I was going to ask you as soon as we got done recording, did you see that? And you brought it up because I didn't want to bring it up in the middle of the show. Cause I knew it would be like, man, who, who really gives a shit talking about big pop and pump chasing fans. Yeah. So I wanted to just, Hey, yep. we said, we'd talk about this, let's do it. And then I wanted to tag this on the end and listen, if this isn't the type of thing you want to hear and you're listening to our podcast as an escape, I understand. Click stop. We'll see you next week. We'll be talking wrestling, but for us not to even acknowledge it while it's kind of sort of in your hometown is a little crazy. So I thought we got to at least just mention it. So I was just at my niece's, uh, basketball game two weeks ago, a block from this place. It's unbelievable, man. It's just right there. Yeah. Listen, y'all let's, uh, tell your people you love them. That's, that's my takeaway from this. Tell your people you love them. You never know. And I certainly hope that we all find a way somehow, some way, just be better to one another. I mean, I, I'm not saying I have a, a, a solution. I, I do mortgages and talk about nostalgia wrestling. I don't know, but I know that what we're doing right now, we need, we, we got to do a little better somehow, some way. I don't know what that is, but there's gotta be some answer. And I know there's a whole lot of families who are looking for answers right now and I don't have them. So I'm just sort of blabbing on here, but. I just felt like we had to at least acknowledge it because it happened while we were recording our show, which is just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, listen, this is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be an escape. It will be next week. Uh, and we hope you guys enjoy the ring of honor pay-per-view this weekend. And, and what hopefully is the biggest and most fun WrestleMania yet two nights of, uh, big matches and uh, be sure to watch Jeff kick everybody in AEW's ass one at a time tomorrow night. And uh, he'll probably do it again next Wednesday night. And we'll see you next Tuesday right here on My World. Peace. As an adult, don't we all miss spring break? Nothing like taking a week off from all your responsibilities. Well, here's the next best thing for adults, a spring break from house payments. Savewithconrad.com can help you get rid of all your credit card debt just like that. We're routinely helping our listeners save five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. But check this out. No house payments for two months at savewithconrad.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, 
It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on, right? Yeah, how many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.